it's time. Every so often, football just gives you a real kick in the guts, doesn't it? Anyway, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It is James Scott and Adam about 24 hours after the Raw's FFA Cup defeat to Melbourne City out at Redcliffe. Adam, how are you holding up? Yeah, late night. Uh, <laughs> not, not for not, not all great reasons, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's disappointing, but no. Oh. We are running on fumes, Scott. How about yeah, you? Late night's one word for it, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, late it's a good long. ground up there, but it's can we just move it a little bit closer. <laughs> I I got to admit, Dolphin yeah. Stadium did look pretty yeah. pretty good there, and seeing the stands full and everything goes, you know, a long way to showing that yeah. you know the FA Cup does have a role here. Yeah. And I, I honestly quite enjoyed the night yeah. when I actually got there. Yeah. Yeah, someone was late. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go into why I got parked in at the street no, next we to work. No, we won't th- go into that. <laughs> but I made it with about 10 minutes uh, gone on the clock, so you guys are going to have to fill us in on how the game started. But before we do that, actually, just going to do a couple of quick plugs. So uh, Facebook, Raw Review, Twitter, at BNE Football, email uh, BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com, and some people may be listening on some new podcast platforms as well. And that's just my wife swearing in the background. That <laughs> count. <laughs> She's playing Jurassic World on the PlayStation at the moment and laughing at us. So, anyway, what a start to the show. Adam, let's get your thoughts on how the game started. Oh, look, it was... Look, it's your typical, you know, cup tie. Like, even, like, if... You can almost compare it to like one of the, when the big clubs meet you know, in the FA Cup in the third round. Like it was one of those games where you knew pretty much from the outset that neither team wanted to lose, and it was always going to be one moment that decided the game. And unfortunately, and most of that moment came a long time after kickoff. The first ten minutes though was quite entertaining because they all had a couple of really bright starts, a couple of early chances when they um couple, I think Stefan Mork and Daniel Bowles had some headers from set pieces, which was. Quite encouraging to start with, and then Nathaniel Atkinson for City had his shot from just outside the box. So it was a quite a bright start. But Adam's right; I mean, both sides were somewhere around 50% of what they were, what they're going to be by round one. I think in terms of where they're at, in terms of combinations and everything. And it was a bit of a worthwhile exercise for both sides to get a step forward. But it wasn't wasn't the finished product from either side. I think it's fair to say it was somewhere between an A League match and a preseason match. Yeah. Like, there was a genuine intensity there all throughout the yep. night. You know, both teams clearly were very eager to win and earn themselves another competitive fixture before the A-League yep. season starts. But, yeah, there was a little bit of all-around rustiness yep. with a few misplaced passes, a few runs. The execution just yeah. wasn't there in the key moments a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, yeah, I was going to uh, talk about start off talking about the raw lineup. So, uh, Jacob Pepper and Daniel Bowles were the centre-back com- combination. Uh, Enrique was up front and Adam Taggart was left on the bench. So Yes, I think Adam Taggart is still working up to fitness, so which is probably why he didn't start last night and, of course, Wendell Hall's cup tied. So. Yes, that's actually... They're running one, out of options there. That is actually yeah. one point we should make. Uh, the reason Dylan Wendell Hall's wasn't... Uh, 
involved at all last night. It's based on our information that uh, he was ineligible to play yeah. because he played back in, was it March, for Western he Pride? He played in a qualifier for Western preliminary, Pride. Preliminary round three against Mount Gravatt, he played for Western Pride, so... Stopped off at Garden City on the way. Possibly <laughs> did. <laughs> so, yeah, that any questions about why Wendell Halls yeah. didn't play, that's... Yep. Hopefully your answer is sort of for you, because there was also uh, Marek Madel for Lions as well. Yes, yes. So, anyway, just wanted to get onto that. Um, when I did get there in about the 10th minute... Uh, there was all st- the fun early. Yeah, there was, <laughs> a couple, there was still some very long lines outside the ground, so... Big crowd as well. Uh, was it, it 6,151? 6,151. Adam, you've got that written down? Yeah, look, um, yeah, 6,151. I believe it's a new um, record in Queensland as far it as is. the FA Cup tie. has smashed it, really. But the, the interesting point about that is I've, I've actually got the three attendances for the three FA Cup games that the Raw have played you know, throughout the history of the competition. And in 2015, when they played at Ballymore, <coughs> it was... 16? Sixteen. Oh, sorry, sixteen. Sorry, big pardon. Not to mess um, with you, but <laughs> no, no, I can't read my writing. <laughs> um, Ballymore against Perth Glory. It was three thousand and twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Two thousand seventeen at Perry Park versus Melbourne Victory. Lest we forget, not uh-huh. uh, three thousand one hundred eighty-four. And obviously last night six one five one. So obviously um, that's it's, for me, especially given the season we had last season. Um, I think that's almost a tick of approval that, you know, Dolphin Stadium, I think, as a sort of a smaller venue for the Raw, I think they did get a tick of approval, I think. Of course, yeah. it was a more appropriately priced match as well. That's, that too, but yeah. it probably helps as well. It was it was about 50% of the price than it was yeah. for the victory game, FFA Cup game last year as well, so... But honestly, I was, like, I was really happy with the drive up there. Obviously, it was quite a long way, but... You know, it was it's a good venue, and now we needed a stadium like that around I don't know Bowen Hills or can something. Can we just move it ten k closer somewhere? Boondalow to be fine. It'd be fine. I could I could deal with that. Plenty, it's it's just somewhere a little bit closer. Sure. It's just that bridge that's too much for you, Scott. Yep. All right. So there was a very scary moment in the 36th minute where mm-hmm. Luke Bratton uh, wound up having to be taken off yeah. the pitch in an ambulance after a head slash neck injury yeah. from. Um, uh, in inadvertent collision yep. with Stefan Moore, yep. and this is what Warren Joyce had to say about that after the game. Um, we we think early reports that uh, he's okay, but you know I wouldn't really like to confirm it until our, our people are at the hospital with him. You know, the, there's people set off, you know, to see him, so we'll we'll know probably when we get back to the hotel. And that's obviously uh, Melbourne City manager Warren Joyce talking after the game. And since then, Melbourne City have released a statement yep. on Bratton's condition, and as it turns out, all the precautions were. Just a safety measure, yes. and it seems like it's okay. It's great. Yes. It was precautionary. Yeah. And yeah. Look, we, we mentioned earlier it was a long night out at Redcliffe, but for some, some reasons, they have to be. I mean, there's, when a, there's a suspected neck injury, there's protocol that's got to be followed. Yeah. And that's why there was a 44-minute delay, I believe it was, from stopping... I 42. 42, 44. Some people... It's around 40 minutes, we'll say that. That's why there was a 40-minute delay from stop to restart, because there's a protocol that has to be followed from step through step. You can't just move someone. It's the same with concussion protocols. Yeah, there's steps that have to be followed medically, and that's why it took so long. And I think we're all glad that Luke's okay. And I and I think now, like knowing what you do, yes, he's okay. But do you really want to be the person that you know moves him, saying let's get this game of football back on? And we're we're, de- we're doing dangerous territory when people people who have, obviously have no clue about what they're talking about are questioning the judgment of medical professionals. Yeah. I think it's all yeah. needs to be said about that. To be honest. Yep. Anyway, so after the very long delay and the one, I suppose. Mm off 
uh, Luke mm. Bratton incident that I couldn't help but notice. The raw players are very acclimated to Queensland's weather, considering they all went straight to jumpers <laughs> when it was below 20 degrees, whereas the City players were just looking comfortable in their jerseys and shorts and everything. That was a tough spot for the other players as well, though, when you've... Oh, yeah, just absolutely. like you've been playing for 35 minutes, I think it was at the time, and then you've got a 40-minute break, and then you play for another 10 minutes and another 15-minute break. It can, it certainly did mess with their rhythm, I'm sure. I have to admit, I was honestly waiting for the referee. I don't have her name. but Casey Rybelt. Yeah, I was wondering if there was going to be any sort of you know early half-time or something called, but I don't even know the logistics around that. Yeah, but, I'm assuming given it's a com- official competitive game, you've got to follow you've got to do the exact yeah. the same rules, but... I know. I just I was genuinely curious about what yeah. the options were there, but in the end, so that was turned out to be I'm fairly certain uh, somewhere between 97 and 100 minutes from the first whistle to the half-time yeah. whistle, and there were no goals. Mm. Enrico was playing up as a striker and look, love the guy. He is not a stri- he's not a starting striker at the moment, especially when I thought you know uh, was it Osama Malik and Bart Schenkenfeld were handling him quite yes. easily, but that yeah. that was just me. Anyway, so we're going to move on to the second half as I try to read the rest of my uh, handwriting. Uh, Mackay nearly sprung on Rike, actually, on the 50th minute. And yeah. it was... A, I actually thought Mackay was one of the pleasant surprises of the night. Like, you had some questions about where he was last year, but he certainly looked refreshed playing next to Thomas Christensen. Yeah, look, and that's um, it's a positive sign. Because you're right, we were questioning you know, whether has he gone one year too long. Obviously, you know, early signs, and it's no just um, from last night, but through the two trials through friendlies before that. You know, he's sort of showing signs of, you know, it may not be his very best, but he's obviously going to do plenty to, you know, to command a starting position. <coughs> you know, hopefully come A-League season time. Well, this is where you also hope with Mackay now, you know, he doesn't have to be the number one player in the squad. He can easily get away with being, you know, somewhere between five and ten and just be that leader as well. Even in the midfield, he doesn't have to be the main man there anymore. Yeah. You've got the three who started last night, plus Coletti and Brett Holman, who didn't play last night. So there's plenty of options there. But I looked, thought for the Raw in the second half, they were that was their best part of the game. They were phenomenal. They had a lot of good good openings in the, in the game. They didn't quite capitalise on any of them, as John Olivier said in his press conference shortly, but it, they just... They had some good moments, and there was the signs of encouragement there. Absolutely, but unfortunately, the game was decided in extra time by mm. an absolutely stunning strike from uh, Bruno Fornaroli. And we asked Warren Joyce what was uh, going through his mind then. Yeah, obviously, a absolute worldy finish. You know, I would imagine it's a, you know, it is a killer for the opposition to concede so late on. Um, I thought he had several good opportunities in the game. Really, that probably he'd want to do better by, but you know, to. You know, to finish the game on with such a strike is, you know, he's obviously great for us and great for him. So yeah, obviously that was a very, very happy Warren Joyce after his side managed to get their second straight win at Dolphin Stadium. So I think they might like playing at that. Yeah, they ground. might. They might try to get the Sea Football Group to buy that ground. I reckon. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. All right. So obviously, you know, it was unbelievably disappointing for I'd say every Raw fan there. Like. Mm-hmm. You you were thinking at the very least you're getting a penalty shootout, but yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't to be in the end. They lasted 30 minutes longer than they have in the last couple of the <laughs> FFA Cup campaigns, at least. But yeah, it's still still disappointing, Scott. It was well, it was a disappointing outcome, but I think there's something to build from. But but I just it is frustrating when you, when you lose again in the FFA Cup round 32. I mean, they had clearly built themselves up for this. This yes. time around, in the previous years, it was kind of treated as another pre-season exercise. This time, I think they they came back early. They played games, 
specifically to prepare for this game, and it it just fell yeah fell absolutely. flat right at the end for them after a reasonable performance. Absolutely, and look, the disappointment you could see in the players and everything at the end of the game was palpable. They yeah. really had built themselves up for a cup run, I think. And look, for all the criticism John Aloisi gets, he honestly looked so disappointed. There's in... nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's it's a top class finish into the, the top corner. There's no goalkeeper saving it, and there's very little you can do do to defend it. So. And, and the way that game unfolded, it was going to require a moment of magic to decide it. And unfortunately, it was Melbourne City that did it. Look at the end of the day, you know, it's it was a, it was a we always we knew from the time that the ball dropped and that you know roared through Melbourne City that you know there was always going to be a fifty percent chance that you know the roar were either going to advance or they're going to get knocked out in. The, in the round of 32, and look at the end of the day, I think you got it. You got to look, and like, you're right. It's disappointing, but also go credit Bruno Fornaroli, who basically did virtually. He didn't do much, you know, in the way of you know threat until that moment of magic at the end. And that's and that's yeah. you know the great strikers do that. Well, the three of us were actually talking about that in the box mm. uh, during the game, saying you know Fornaroli's been limited to a lot yeah. of. Uh, Almost set up play 20, 30 yards out from goal. Yeah, a lot of his efforts were from outside the box, weren't they? Yeah. Which obviously paid off in the end. <laughs> yeah, but, eventually. But but I think a lot of his chances were from outside the box. I think McGree had a couple of shots from outside the box. Atkinson had one or two as well. So that's where they didn't really get many chances in the 18-yard box, which was, which was probably pleasing from the raw in a defensive sense. Once again, I thoroughly dislike Riley McGree because I think he goes down way too easily. However, my God, he was City's best player last night. He's going he's gonna to be um, good. So I thought also... Um, Dario Vidicic, I think, you know, he he was pretty good. You know, he didn't just sort of do anything outstanding, but, you know, he was there. He was, you know, I think he'll, he'll make a good um, skipper for, for them this season. Look, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you got to look beyond the performance. You've got to remember, it is August. Yeah. You know, I would, I would trade, I would trade, you know, getting knocked out in the round of 32 if it means that we're going to, that the Raw are going to have a good, good, you know, A-League season and be able to prepare properly without, you know, sort of having to worry about the distraction cup. Now, it's disappointing. We're all looking for silverware, but you know what? We always knew there was going to be a 50-50 chance. It's been a lot more disappointing and a lot more criticism had we lost to, you know, a member federation. Petley Greens. <laughs> or, or, you know, even, you know, the likes of a Central Coast Mariners or, you know, a Wellington Phoenix had we drawn them. So, you know, you knew that it was going to come down to this. At the end of the day, it didn't pan the Raw's way. Just, you know, we, we move on almost. It was a loss that was almost expected. Not expected, but no. you could have easily seen a way that City were going to win it. This yeah. wasn't like the Saris Negros game where you no. were just yeah. completely no. taken aback. Just on City, I thought they had a really solid look to them as well. They had Schenkenveld and um, Delbridge at the back, which was quite solid. Griffiths in front of them was really good. So they've got a bit of a really solid base upon which they can build from. Absolutely. So they might, they, they might actually be a, a strong contender again this year. Certainly. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to throw to John Aloisi's press conference, come back and just offer a last uh, couple of thoughts. So this is going to be about six minutes of audio, so we'll be back in a bit. How are you feeling right now? Nah, gutted. Gutted, so are the players. You know, we, uh, the boys gave everything. They, look, we deserved to win. We had the better chances. We had some really clear chances. Didn't, didn't punish them. And then to get... You know, uh, concede a goal late on like that, and it was top class, world class. You know, finish. Uh, you know, it's hard to take, but you know, um, I think the supporters would have seen, you know, how much we we put in and how much it meant to us, and hopefully they're excited about the season to come because you saw some really good stuff, you know, with the the new players, and and we're still, you know, a lot of them only played a little bit together. So Toby, that was his only second game. Taggart, same. 
um, Stefan Moore, and you know we, we saw that uh, they're going to cause teams a lot of problems. But it was a great turnout. Just disappointed for the fans because we would have loved to have won. We wanted to do well in the FA Cup. We gave everything. We we wanted to you know go deep into the competition. We believed that we're going to, and uh, you know we deserved more. And what did you uh, make of the Bratton um, incident? And you know, I guess it's good that he's fine. Or yeah. He's good and sort of how did you uh, keep the keep the players? Oh, at that time? look, you know, we we just tried to to make sure that uh, the players didn't because um, we knew it was going to take a little bit longer than normal that uh, they stayed warm and then when it was time to warm up, they they, they got going again. But they, you know, not to lose their focus in what we're trying to. You know uh, what we're trying to do, and and what will um, there, there was a game important. You know the time of the game as well. Only ten minutes before half time, because usually you concede a lot of goals, and if you go in switched off, you know you can concede. But um, and then just try to you know let them know what was going well and what wasn't going so well in the first half. Um, so you know it wasn't ideal, but as long as Braden's okay, that's the main thing. And how is Stefan like? You know, you know, sort of, sort of. You know, total accident. Was he? Was he okay? Yeah. Look, he knew it was an accident, and he was he was okay. Um, you know, I'm sure that he wouldn't have liked to see his ex-teammate on the floor like that. And you know, you're a little bit nervous about you know the whole situation. But in general, um, you know, they, I think they realised that he was going to be okay after. Uh, what do you make of the performance of Stefan and Adam and the guys making their debuts tonight? Yeah. Good. Good. You know, Toby. Uh, I thought was you know very good in patches. You know, in the, in the first half we we couldn't get the ball out to him as well as we would have liked. But then we started to start to cause him problems. He had a, a great ball in for Enrique. Um, you know, you can see the class in him. And Stefan Mork, you know, unlucky not to score. Always in dangerous areas, creating chances, closing down. We won balls in good areas, and that's because of him. And Taggart, you know, we uh, we know that he's not physically there yet but he just gives us an outlet and and again you know with a, a little bit more um, game practice because he only played uh, 30 minutes last no 15 minutes last week and we wanted to build him up again for this game and um, you saw the positions he was getting in um, unlucky on a few of the headers just didn't have the timing but he was getting into good positions so knowing that uh, there's a lot left in them I'm happy with the way they're going you've got over two months now till uh, round one of the A League, does it not like tonight impact your recruitment strategy at all? Uh, no, not really. No, we're always focused on what we what we have at the moment. Then we've got a, a spot to fill still, and if the right player comes along and it's going to improve our squad, we'll we'll look at it. If it doesn't come along, um, we're not just going to sign a player for the sake of it. We we know that we've got a good squad, we've got a good mixture of players and players still to come in. You know, Brett Holman, uh, Avram Papadopoulos. Um, we're, we're, we're looking good. You know, it's just disappointing that we lost. You know, we're, we're, we're gutted. We wanted to win. We wanted to win for, first of all, the, the fans, our club, and, and the players themselves wanted to go deep in the competition. Just disappointing we had to lose like that because we deserved to win. What will you do now between now and round one in terms of preparation? Well, we have to play uh, friendly games, you know, we'll play, um, I think we're scheduled in two A-League sides already, um, we'll try and maybe get another one or two 
and then um, you know local sides and and make sure we keep on working on now you know the, the way we want to play and then also our fitness because we're still you know got a long way to go but um, come round one believe me we'll be tonight was good but it's only 50% of what we're going to see and that was that was a good performance I'm pretty sure that everyone here tonight would have been happy with the way the team played but disappointed like we are that we didn't win with the defensive effort that kept City very quiet for the, the majority of the conference. Yeah, I was. If we kept the clean sheet for twenty, I would have been happier. But no, nah, they they did well. The, 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 all the boys, um, yeah, we, we we didn't deserve to lose like that. But again, we still got a lot of improving to do, and then that's what we'll do in the next two months. Daniel Lake came on late. Can you talk about uh, what you thought of his performance? Yeah, I was unlucky not to score. You, you know, had an opportunity to score. We thought with fresh legs he could cause problems, and uh, you know he caused a few problems. So uh, it would have been nice for Lek and for us if he had scored that one on one. We we had a few uh, clear chances. And there's John Aloisi. Obviously, as he said at the start, there just gutted. And I honestly can't think of a better way to describe it because <laughs> we were there. We were all thinking, no, this is. There are some encouraging signs. So we're going to talk about yeah. the Raw's performance for the next five or so minutes. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on Stefan Mork. I thought he he could turn out to be the signing of the season, quite honestly, because his passing was phenomenal. Look, it's uh, absolutely. I think yeah, you know, we, we and we're all and we as fans were all excited you now when when they when they signed him. And um, look, if he turns out anywhere near to where he was at Adelaide in their championship run, he was very solid for Melbourne City. Look, if he if he replicates that here at the Raw, I think they're in for a very good season. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we saw some of his passes as well. There was a move, uh, where was it, in, I want to say, extra time, where he's played like a 50-metre, pa- or it could have been the second half, actually, 50-metre pass that sprung Enrique on the wing. And I think that was in the second half. Yeah. But and I'm right, trying to find my notes, and then I'm realising yeah. the downside of writing an orange pen for my raw He does bring notes. a lot of energy to the midfield, which was something which was probably lacking last year, given the yeah. midfield the raw had. I think Stefan Mock really adds something in that respect as well, which is really needed. I think he'll have a big season. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think as well, you know, his combinations with Eric Vortiak, who, who you now had, had scored, yeah. you know, in all three, you know, pre-season friendlies prior to this game. And also, I think what more surprises, you know, how well Toby Mickelson did. Yeah, yeah he, he looks good. Like, yeah. he looks like someone who's still settling in. Yeah. But I feel like despite this result, there is cause for optimism. The one Sorry. point I wanted to... Sorry, just quickly on Boshak. It was, in, it was good to see him play on the left-hand side last night, having played the majority of his football last year on the right. I think he's better on the left. So it is not If that's good the seeing... way it's going to be this yeah. season, I think that's another positive. It is not good for me seeing uh, the blonde 22 and thinking what's Boshak done to his head. <laughs> <laughs> but the one point I want to make about uh, coming out of Aloisi's press conference is this notion of deserves. I this This goes back to the World Cup final when I had a couple of friends saying, oh, Croatia didn't deserve to lose. Well, the scoreboard says otherwise. Mm-hmm. I This is one thing that bugs me about just football analysis in general. Deserves means nothing. It matters what you do. Exactly. So, look, I, I have no doubt that the Raw prepared, you know, as best as they could for this mm-hmm. game, but unfortunately, it still comes to <coughs> producing on the field. Yeah, I think... I think uh... Look, I, I agree with you that the other word deserve, you know, and, and colloquially speaking, look, you probably say 
Raw on balance were maybe slightly the better team. Mm-hmm. The problem is it does start sounding like excuses yeah. when you use words like that. And I think there's that there's that, that element out there that's still irrespective of how well the Raw are sort of preparing for the season, there's still that element out there that are gonna question every single movie and saying words like that, um, it does sound like excuses from time yeah, to time. When you get to the last minute of extra time and you've had a lot had a fair few chances of your own mm. it's a lottery and it was about to go to a lot of penalties, so... There, yeah, there was about a 10-minute stretch there where the Raw had two really good chances, and I want to give Daniel Bowles credit for his uh, work in the build-up for one of them, where he won a tackle, uh, sprinted forward, and managed to set up more for that long pass to... Oh, okay, it was to Mickelson. There we go. You're just trying to read your notes now, eh? <laughs> yes, I am, actually. Good. And uh, that's the sort of play that I kind of feel like... Give them that opportunity in December, that's a goal. Doesn't matter who yeah. it's against. Like that's at the very least, it's a shot on target. Yeah, and it was that block by I want. I to think say the block Atkinson. was Atkinson. Atkinson yeah. yeah, yeah. So look, the Raw came up against a good side. I feel like they created enough chances to win, but unfortunately, fell a bit short on the night. Like that's yeah. sadly all we can leave it at. You guys got any last thoughts? No, I'm good. I'm oh, good. onwards and upwards. Yeah, absolutely. So the Raw obviously will have a few uh, preseason things. Uh, coming up in the next couple of months, so, uh, as Aloisi said in the press conference, so I don't actually need to mention it again. No. But there was one rumor that we wanted to touch on because it is a pretty fun news story. And for the, you as an Arsenal uh, fan, it is that's for sure. Yeah. Should we just should we just let him just talk for five minutes about this? Yeah. All I will say is, if Matthew Flamini is coming to the club, and if you're listening, we know as much as you do. If he is, great. If not, well, I won't be too upset. The only thing I'll sound is he's obviously a tremendous player and would upgrade midfield significantly. But if there is a room available, I would have thought a centre back would be a more required yeah. position, just given there's only really three specialist centre backs on the roster. Plus, there's Pepper. Pepper's a utility, so he can play multiple positions. But they've already got five central midfield players, so yeah. you would have thought that would be a more logical place. But if they can get someone like Matthew Flamini in. There's there's value in doing that. I think there is value as well that just the the reaction, um, even the floating the idea that you know, hey, that, that he may play. You know, we're I think we're a long way from knowing whether he, he is. You know, if it's even realistic. But um, look, in in the day, a marquee player is someone that you, that that garners sort of you know, interest and obviously there's a lot of excitement around that so you know what it might be worth it and it's good that unlike some other clubs they're all recruiting a footballer for the marquee <laughs> position <laughs> now which nice. club could Scott be taking a shot <laughs> um, at who, who, who dropped the news in the middle of that, of that game yeah. mind you well you've got to get the attention somehow <laughs> anyway I will say yeah I'll say it'll be great my one lingering question though is who gets the number 20 shirt Flamini or Shannon Brady <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's some really nice numbers available for the Raw. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure one of them can choose a new number. Or, or you just do what they do in the NFL. Or if Brady's smart, he does what they do in the NFL and say, yep, that's fine. You can uh, have number 20 for a price. Yeah, buy it off me, yep. <laughs> I'm uh, sure I'm sure he can afford it. I, I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure something will happen, but of course, we need that signing to be confirmed before we get yeah. too far ahead yeah. of ourselves. Yes. We'll be back after this to talk about uh, some of the other Queensland sides that were in action in the FFA Cup. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, FFA Cup Round of 32 Review Show. It is James Scott and Adam here in our outdoor studio looking at a very lovely night here in Brisbane. Yes. 
which is uh, at least uh, giving us a little bit of extra boost after a very draining night last night. It's always great looking over the great city of Brisbane, James. The best city in Australia, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now... Uh, before we get into that, I did tease this in the last segment, but I should mention we've got our podcast on a few new uh, feeds now as well. So you can listen to us on, once I go back to where I'd written it, uh, Wooshka, iTunes as per usual, and we are now also on Radio Public, Stitcher and TuneIn. So you can download our podcast through that as well. Uh, feel free to leave a review or any comments or questions you have for us and we'll try and get to them if I remember to check them, if I'm being <laughs> totally honest. Oh, you will remember. I think that's uh, obviously we welcome all the Android users out there. Yeah, it turns out there's a whole other type of phone compared yeah, to yeah. Apple. You all should yeah, try well. it sometime. Yeah, I'm not I mind. did. <laughs> anyway, uh, so segment two of tonight's show uh, for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, we are going to cover the Queensland NPL sides that were in the FFA Cup round of 32. And we're uh, going to start off with what was probably actually the game of the round between Lions and Olympic FC, where we were at Lions Stadium at Richland. And Certainly the game of the round for the Queensland sides. I, yeah. To, to uh, quote a friend of our show, Simon Smales, he said to us, uh, it was a great advertisement for uh, NPL Queensland, because that was a proper game. That was phenomenal. Yeah. So, final score was Lions FC 3, Olympic 2, and it looked like it was going to only go one way after the first quarter of an hour, when... Uh, Lions were up 2-0. It, and it looked like it was going to be the Peninsula Power yeah. Round 7 playoff yeah. game again, didn't it? The way I was getting flashbacks it started, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Olympic, actually, to their credit, got to about the 30th minute and then all of a sudden were right back in the game. And then, yeah, it's... like Olympic got right back into the game and you would actually say probably for the next hour could have had the better chances almost. Yeah, look, it was... Um, yeah, look, Olympic, I think, would be feel a little... Um, so disheartened as far as the fact is that they, they were outplayed in the first half now. I question whether they even showed up. Um, but like I said, the, the rest of the game, up until about the 85th minute, where they worked so hard to get back into the game after being down 2-0, and you thought, you know what, they had the momentum, they, they may have gone and scored third, but then, you know, Lions then, to their credit, they... they yeah. They picked themselves up and uh, got the winner. So we'll go through the game from the start. A uh, big surprise was Olympic leaving Jez Lofthouse on the bench, yeah. who has probably been their best player all season. It was a big surprise, but Ben Khan did explain why in the post-game press conference. There's actually quite a good logic behind it. And it worked absolutely perfectly for them, because when he did come on he in the second the half, he changed the game and he had a massive impact for them. We do have more press conference audio to get to in a couple of minutes. But yeah, uh, two early goals from Simic and Mkwakwe. Mkwase. Mkwase, sorry. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Anyway, um, big, the big takeaway I took, a uh, lot of Lions' success early on came from the fact that uh, like they were doing a really good job pressing Olympic's mm. back line, and when Olympic were trying to play out from the back, their passes just weren't sticking. Yeah, look, um, it's... Yeah, Olympic have always sort of, you know, they've they pushed in, especially with um, experience of Shane Stefanuto and that in the in the back line. It just, it just didn't... Yeah, I think Lions said credit. They really honed in on the game plan to try and sort of, you know, keep the keep the sort of the play at the back to to a minimum and put pressure on, and it really worked. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep that up for the whole match. But uh, just before halftime, a little bit of yeah. credit should go to Chris Beath. He uh, spotted a dive and awarded it, which is always oh, a big that was tick a shocking ref- dive that one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a big tick for a referee yeah. in my book. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he gets a tick of approval for. Being a professional referee, then yes, to get the James Coglin tick of approval. He's, is his name Sean Evans? I don't know. It's Chris <laughs> Beef. <laughs> so that's why he's got a tick of approval. Fantastic. 
He'll anyway. be delighted to know that. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, Lions were able to hold on, going to halftime 2-0 up, and then they brought on Lofthouse at uh, 57 and Ito at 59, and it really swung the momentum firmly yep. towards Olympic. It did. That That was when they brought on their strongest 11, Kazuya Ito won it right back, Lofthouse over on the left-hand side of the attack. That that was the strongest Olympic yeah. 11 from then on through the rest of the game. And uh, Nazari popped up with a goal, uh, played through from 35 metres out, ran on to... It was a great ball over yeah. the top from Jez Lofthouse, and Nazari was clean through one-on-one with the goalkeeper, and it was a good finish into the bottom corner. And quickly on Zelfie Nazari, congratulations to him for his call-up to Afghanistan, which I believe is coming up at the end of the month. Absolutely. So good, good luck with that for Zelfie. And I think one other big uh, takeaway for Lions was when Sean Carlos had to be subbed off just after 70 minutes because I thought he was far and away their best player on the night. Yeah, look, um, that was was a big blindness. Not a lot of their creativity sort of came comes through him. Um, and yeah, sort of it almost like they um, they were starting to sort of really, you know, I guess in racing parlance, sort of, you know, the short strides are coming in, and um, yeah. and I said Olympic were definitely sort of, you know, they they were coming for him. We talked about Stefan Mork in the last segment about the energy he brings to the raw midfield. The same can be said of Sean Carlos with the Lions midfield. He brings a lot of energy to that side. Definitely. And then uh, it was Lofthouse on the spot, uh, drilled a shot into the bottom corner to make it 2-2. Yeah. So it was game on all game. I think, all I think we all kind of thought there's going to be an Olympic winner here or mm. it'll go to extra time. Because they were absolutely all over the lines at that point. Absolutely. Like that. Well, Lofthouse, according to my notes, almost scored again. So Did he? I don't remember that. <laughs> Then, obviously, there was quite a bit of controversy about the oh boy. winner. Mm. So, uh, you've all probably seen the replay now. It was a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks ago tonight, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And, to be uh, fair, the replay wouldn't do you any good anyway. No, but there was a ball through, I think it was Makwase that got to it. It was a ball through from Danny Kim, I believe, to Makwase down the right-hand side. Yep, sprung the offside trap and gave a you know simple tap in for Carter Glockner out of FIFA 10. Yes, it, something very similar. But so there was a couple of questions about offside. Now, as far as we could tell, for the long through ball, no yep. that was definitely onside. But there was still some questions about the way that it was played uh the second pass yep. to set up Sean Carlos. Now, Carter Glockner. Carter Glockner, sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's been a long Carlos day. It's been yeah. on my mind a yeah. lot. Wait, that sounds He'll bad. be glad to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to Sean Carlos if you're listening to this. Oh, that's going to go on the end of season blooper reel. Yep. <laughs> anyway, there was a yeah, question about that final pass, but as far as I could tell, it looked at the very worst level. Yeah. It's one of those where you almost expect it just to be onside because every time you see that sort of square ball to a player across, you, it's just naturally assumed to be onside. And to be honest, I just... I thought the offside controversy was the first ball to Makwase. It wasn't That's a, what we were all talking about. It wasn't about. until, yeah. we'll get to the press conference in a minute, it wasn't until Warren Moomin started talking about it, that I thought, well, it must be the second one that's a big controversy. So, yeah. Well, and looking at it, it does look very line ball. It's a tough one to gauge. I can totally see why there were questions about it. However, I'm big on gauging the player reactions. And by the looks of things... Olympic didn't argue as much as I thought they would have, considering no. the situation, mm-hmm. considering everything that was going on. Yeah, look, it was one of those, it was one of those ones where, to the naked eye, look, we, we didn't think any of all of when we were watching it. Um, yeah, look, but then again, it's completely possible. We, we might have thought that Carter Glockner was in a passive offside position on that on the long ball from Kim to McQuasse, but you would have thought maybe that he would have actually got himself back on side by the time that, that you know, in ball came through. So, but... 
Yeah, it's one of those ones where, you know, and all until obviously the excitement and whatnot, the, you know, surround, you know, being what would be the game winner. Mm. I think it's sort of in a way, sort of, you know, distracted from the real, real thing. But obviously, Ben Khan sort of thought it, definitely <laughs> thought it was, you know, there was an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm. uh, yeah, I had something to say there and completely blanked. But <laughs> yeah, it was. What about Sean Carlos? Or was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say it was. It made for a very, very good night out at Lion Stadium, and yeah, wasn't it nice watching it without VAR as well? It was great to see football without the VAR involved. Although I'm sure there's a few people who would might have wished they had the VAR <laughs> on right. that. So we you can set it up nicely on that veranda they've got there as well. On the deck, I beg your pardon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to go to the press conference now, and we're going to start with Olympic manager Ben Khan. All right, Ben, uh, commiserations on tonight. Can you just take us through what's going through your mind right now? Oh, look, um, obviously reflecting on the first half an hour, we were poor. Um, you know, second half, we were exceptionally good. Um, and, you know, you can't help but, but feel feel aggrieved by the uh, the goal they scored at the end. You know, it was, you know, you expect more from the officials at the games on this stage. Did you have any communication with the referee or his assistants? No, nah, they wouldn't speak to us. Okay. Uh, so you went down 2-0 early, but you were able to bounce back. Uh, what did you say to your team to get them back into the, back into the match? Uh, n- nothing crazy. Um, you know, we just had to refocus a bit, reorganise. Um, you know, make sure make sure that we were uh, a bit more relaxed and at the same time a bit a, you know a bit more aggressive. I know that's a contradiction, but. Um, but just making sure that we managed the game properly and dealt with each moment. And we changed a couple of things tactically and made it really difficult for them to get on the ball. And I noticed in the first half you were trying to play out from the back a lot and were getting caught out. Did you make any changes with that in mind? Yeah, we made some changes to how we built from the back and um, you know we got a lot of success with it in, in the second half and completely controlled the game. Uh, yeah, it looks hard. You know, I think we deserved more from that. And your substitutions made a quite a big impact as well. Can you talk about them? Uh, yeah, look, look, Jersey, you know, Jersey came on and, and delivered what we expected him to. Uh, you know, in in retrospect, it was you know probably yeah, it was a good decision um, to to keep him for the second half because I think the first half was quite draining and and you know we wanted him to come into the game fresh and hungry and, and that was what he did and you know he was inches away from scoring another goal so and. Balancing, uh, this, balancing the side with the league and obviously the FFA Cup, how do you approach this going forward now? Yeah, it's a tough one to pick the boys up from this now. Um, you know, we, we, we're obviously relying on lines and, and Western Pride dropping points, so the only thing we can do is, is, is uh, make sure that the boys keep enjoying each other's company, keep working hard to keep aspiring to improve, and uh, look, we have to take care of, of the remaining results now. And just off the pitch, you had some good news with Nazari as well, getting called up for international duty. Can you just talk about that? Yeah, look, Zelf is an unbelievably uh, selfless guy. He's a hard worker. He's very humble. Um, and look, he came to Brisbane from Western Australia to try and improve and, and expose himself to some more opportunities. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're delighted that as a club and as a coaching staff, we've been able to provide him the opportunity to uh, represent his country. All right, thank you very much. Good luck for the rest of the season. And before that, we had a chance to speak to Lions manager Warren Moon. All right, Warren, congratulations. Uh, Can you just take us through what's going through your mind right now? Oh, (laughs) it's hard hard to really put that into words. You know, we um, we were in complete control after our first half performance and 
you know, without being disrespectful to them, probably could have got them four or five up based on the, the chances we created. Um, but yeah, you know, the second half was a completely different story. They came out of us. We seemed to physically wilt, and they just kept going. And you know, to be fair, when they got the equaliser, I probably looked like they'd be only one winner. Uh, but we found a way, and uh, in the end, you were really happy with that. Uh, what did you make of the last goal? Oh, I know the first one was onside. I don't know the ruling about the second pass, but I was in line with it to Jason, and I don't know the ruling. They become, all become active when they go through, so it's hard to say. But it's a goal. At the end of the day, it's a goal. So playing a team that you're familiar with, how does that impact your preparations for this game? I just, it was like a normal preparation for a league game, really. We know a lot about them. They know a lot about us. Um, preparation as per normal, really. It's, um, like I said, it's, it's expected. You, you know what both sides' strengths and weaknesses are, and we certainly knew what they were capable of, and they showed it tonight. They were a good side. Did you make any changes knowing it was a side that you were familiar with and was familiar with you? We've got a busy schedule. I made changes tonight that suited us. We don't really change too much for the opposition. We worry about ourselves. We we think we do what's best for us, and, and tonight it worked. So now you've got the league to focus on uh, coming up this weekend. Any rotation expected? Oh, I think there has to be, yeah, for, from our point of view. We, uh, we've got a couple that won't probably back up again on Saturday, and, uh, but we've got good players ready to come in, so um, you know, we'll make sure we're as fresh and well-prepared for Thunder as possible on uh, Saturday. And last question, you get to watch uh, the next two match nights of the FFA Cup. Any preferences? Nah, no preferences. Not really fast. Whoever we get, we get. We'll deal with that. We'll, we'll move on. Excellent. All right, thank you very much and good luck for the next round. Cheers, boys. Thank you. So that's obviously two very different ends of the happy-sad spectrum with Ben Khan and Warren Moon. Thanks for their... We should say thanks to both of them for giving up their time after <laughs> the game as well. And, yeah, I honestly... Like, that was a phenomenal game. That's I, the only way I can yeah, leave it. I really enjoyed that game. It was... A really enjoyable game to watch. Yeah. And as you pointed out right at the start, as Simon Smell said, it was a great advert for the local game. And two teams that we're probably going to be seeing a little bit more uh, come NPL finals. Well, that's, that's actually Just the one, one thing to getting away slightly from the cup is that's the one thing I am looking forward to is that, you know what, we most likely will see them again at some stage, you know, ballot out for, for just as high stakes. And I suppose the other thing as well is you've got like these are two sides that were quite familiar with each other, and we were a little bit worried that they were going to maybe go into their shell a little bit. Yeah. But no dramas there. Mm. No, because we were talking before the game how it was. They played twice, one nil each way. Think it could be a tight, edgy game. Yep. Could yeah. not be further from the truth. And I think that that's credit to both coaches as well. They they set out to to um to win and try and try and win you know sort of early in the case of Lions because um look at the end of the, day, the especially in the FA Cup tie there is always the temptation to really try and lock it down you know play down football maybe pitch one on the break and and see it out so to, to actually to put it on that that game and that that's a quality game I think it's a credit to both coaches and both sets of players that's it all right so we're going to take a quick break at the moment and then we're going to come back and talk about the Outside Brisbane games from the FFA Cup. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. FFA Cup round of 32 review special. It is James Scott and Adam here. And we're going to keep this show pretty much FFA Cup focused because that's what's been drawing most of our focus, or at least most of mine, the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the game that was up in Cairns last week, last Wednesday night, which was Cairns 
uh, running out 4-0 winners over Armadale SC. Adam, you were watching this game, so you can talk I us through it. I was on live stream when it actually worked, but um, look, uh, a very, very good win for, for Cairns. Uh, truly deserved it. It's very hard to know how good or not so good Armadale were. Like I said, congratulations to their fans for some of them for making the trip you know, three and a half thousand Ks across the country. But look, at the end of the day, um, look, Jamie Carroll, Carroll was superb. Uh, Josh Taylor got in on the goals and Bronson Coppin scored an absolute screamer. But um, Just, just look, quickly, you watched the game, Adam, the red card incident, what did you think? Look, I, thought, bit, I thought it was a little bit harsh, but then I can understand why referee Jack Gillett gave it. So it's one of those ones where, you know what, it's a 50-50 one. Um, and at the end of the day, you sort of say, well, you know, for Jack Gillett's experience, look, if he thought it was a red card, you'd almost say, look, yeah, fair call. Fair call. And there were a couple of really good goals. So, mm. like we, I was watching the um, was it Sydney FC game, hoping for a boil over. So, <laughs> sadly, it didn't come. But you know, um, Football Queensland spoke to Danny Greystone after the match. Oh, we're I, know, I, did. I spoke to Danny Greystone. Al, Al Scott, Scotty, did. you did. I spoke to Danny Greystone after the, the game against Pride on Saturday night. Oh well, good yes. for you. Thank you. Right, we're going to play Scott's interview with Danny Greystone. See, this is what happens when I work weekends. I miss yeah. out on all of this fun stuff. We're going to play Scott's interview with Danny Greystone right now. Yeah. Alright, we're here now with the Kansas City coach, Danny Greystone. Danny, thanks for joining us. No problem. What do you think of your side performance here today against the Western Pride? Oh, look, we knew the thing was no doubt. We went at our best tonight. Um, but uh, I'm actually quite proud of my boys following up from the, the FFA Cup game on Wednesday. I mean, I had, I had five players injured on the pitch yeah. today. To be quite honest with you, it was, it was touch and go whether we could even field a team here with the, the situation that's, that, that's happened at the club. Um, and it's a bit unfair, really, to put some of these players through this, but to be fair to them, you know, they, so some of them boys have run out 90 minutes on one leg. Um, that's not to take anything away from Pride, you know, they're, they're a good good team, you know, they're, they're where they are for a reason. Um, good young lads, they're very, very fit, very, very strong, and they're, they're going to be they're gonna really push everyone towards the end of the year. Was it, was it tough to refocus on the league after the big big win in the cup midweek? Or? Oh, look, it's, it's, it's tough, it, definitely. I think there's no doubt about it because it, it was just such a big occasion for us and the club and the region. You know, it's the first time we've ever got through to the, the round of 16. And then to try and refocus three days later for an away game in Brisbane uh, in, in a competition that, you know, we can't get relegated, we can't win it, so there's really not a lot to play for. With half your team injured, it's, yeah. <laughs> it was a difficult yeah. task. Yeah. Um, congratulations on progressing in the Cup as well. You must have been, deli- must have been delighted to play so well on the national stage. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a fantastic night on Wednesday night, and uh, it's... Uh, I, th- I think it's not, not just that we progressed on Wednesday night, I think the manner in which we progressed and the, some of the football that we played on, on Wednesday was a real credit to the lads and, and, and the football up in up in far north Queensland. Um, unfortunately, we come back it up today, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it, it was it was a real exciting night, and we're really looking forward to midweek and see who we get in the draw. A lot of our listeners are from down here. What did it, what did it mean for the people up in North Queensland to decide to progress for the first time? I think, I think for the for the guys that have been involved in in, in all them occasions where they they've fallen short every time, you know, to go on the pitch and have that monkey on your back and then put in that performance with that level of confidence was a real credit to them and it meant, it meant so much to them. You know, there's some real uh, real emotions in the dressing room for them guys afterwards. In terms of the region, you know, I think it's. Um, I think again to get that monkey off the bat that everyone thinks we get a, an easy easy uh, run into the, the round of 32, even though we you know we still play two NPL teams 
to get there. Um, everyone thinks that we have a, a, an easy run to, to then go another step further, kind of shows that we deserve to be there, really. And just last question, looking to the draw next week, is anyone you prefer, an A-League side of home perhaps, interstate, trip against a member federation club? Um, I, th I think for, the, for us to, to take an A-League team up to the region would be a real real push for the for the game up there. Um, you know, there's, the, the, there's, there's, I know there's talks at the moment about, um, you know, the regional teams getting pulled out of the NPL which if that happens that will be extremely disappointing so you know to, to, to get an A-League team up there and really give the game another bit of a push and get some get some supporters there will we'll, we'll make that even more difficult. Thanks for your time and good luck in the last 16. You're welcome. Thank you guys. Appreciate that was Scott talking to Danny's Gracefone. Yeah. So Danny, thank you for your yes. time. And, and send your sorry, I don't know who spoke to you. And send your complaints too. <laughs> Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com <laughs> with the subject line, James, you're an idiot. <laughs> I was, I was thinking we'll get a new interviewer, but anyway. Oh, that too, yeah. but... Anyway, um, yeah, so that was pretty much, I think, all we can really touch on with that game. So we're going to move on to last night at uh, Rabina, which was Gold Coast Knights against Newcastle, Newcastle Jets. I'm really running out of steam <laughs> right now. <laughs> it was a uh, lone goal from Nikolai Topol-Stanley in an otherwise tight contest, so last yeah. season's grand finalists wound up going through to the round of 16. Yeah, they were... Very late getting into the Gold Coast as well. They came straight from a pre season tour of Spain, so it's very interesting for Newcastle. But I did see the goal briefly. It was a bit of a scrappy one for for, for Newcastle. I'm sure Gray wouldn't be too impressed. They considered a goal like that, but it sounds that they acquitted themselves quite well. So fair play to Gold Coast Knights on their national stage debut, putting up a strong showing. Yeah, certainly. Uh, now this is the interview that uh, Football Queensland did, so we should thank them for this audio, and we're going to throw to it right now. This is Football Queensland talking to Gray Piddick. Oh, look, uh, you know, it's probably uh, it's probably unusual to be saying this, but it's probably one that got away. Uh, to be fair, um, you know, I think the boys played very, very well. They stuck to the plan. Um, we basically did everything they possibly could to win the game, but you know, take a few chances, and uh, you know, they, they were very good chances to score goals. They weren't half chances, so uh, that's probably the only disappointing thing to, to come off the field one nil, knowing that you know we gave it a red hot crack and, and created some good opportunities and just just couldn't quite find the net and. Then there's a few times where, where we think we score and, and the goalkeeper makes a you know couple of top class saves. So in the end, you know that's the difference. A league and and you know lower leagues is that when there's that little bit of quality required, and they manage to find it. Yeah, look, and that's always the hardest thing is, is to score. Um, you know, I mean, well, we have have two two one on ones with the goalkeeper. You know, and that, that's. Uh, Against an A-League side, you know they're, they're precious, um, and uh, didn't, you know keeper does well for both, but didn't quite sort of bury that home early on when we had the opportunities, and uh, you know I think we'll probably you know then we sort of give away a soft one. To be fair, uh, with, with all the good efforts, we, we gave away a soft one, so that's a little bit disappointing. But you know overall, you know I'm. I'm beaming at how well they've played, um, considering that you know the league that we play in and the conditions we play in week out. For them, the boys to step up to that level and make it, you know, a, a big jump shows a lot moving forward. Um, it just, you know, we still be thinking about this one for a while because you know there was a 
uh, a victory against an A-League team there to be had and, and we just didn't quite take the opportunity. Oh, look, I, I think, uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I didn't expect us, obviously, to have that many opportunities to score. Um, so, um, from that point of view, you know, that was pleasing. Um, you know, but it was a real, yes, we had to defend well at times, but it was like a proper football match. Um, you know, we were well in the game, uh, for the whole game. Um, yes, we had to defend well, but there were, you know, periods of times where we had them on the rack as well. So, um, you know, moving forward, that's pleasing. Um, you know, the challenge for my boys now is to, you know, go to the woolen bar on Saturday where you can't fit in the change rooms and, you know, you, you know your vegetable patch is probably a better pitch. So they've got to now get themselves up uh, for that. So it's a bit of a, a down low as a, you know, from a result point of view, but they've got to get themselves up to, to go again in the league. All good? Cheers. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks to Football Queensland for that interview, since we actually know who did that one. And yes. thanks to Gray Pittick for having the chat. Other notable results, Western Sydney Wanderers last night came so close to uh, being eliminated. <laughs> got, Hellenic got themselves a nice little boost, given the MPL 2,500 goals, yeah. dollars per goal. So. Yeah, now I might be rethinking that, because there's yeah. a few um, goals against the um, A-League clubs across the, the three-match nights, actually. Yeah, because Melbourne City really need that $2,500. Oh, no, wait, they're not an MPL club. No, no. <laughs> that joke really missed the mark. Yeah. It did, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the cup set that I still don't think was really a cup set, Bentley Greens over Wellington. Did Give you, see you a couple the, of minutes to laugh. Did you see the nonsense today about how some people are claiming it's the biggest cup set? <laughs> or it's right up there with the biggest cup sets ever in the FFA Cup? Redlands well, v Adelaide United, say no more. Well, speaking of Adelaide United, they're coming to Queensland again for the round of 16, aren't they? They are, and they could be um, back to the uh, graveyard too. <laughs> yeah, so they've uh, drawn against Lions FC for the round of 16, mm-hmm. and Cairns FC is hosting Sydney FC as well, so it's, it's kind of a homecoming for yes. manager Steve Corica there. A little bit, from Innisfail. Yep. Danny Grace, I'd be delighted, because in his interview, which you heard, he was hoping for an A-League club, so they've got it. Absolutely. So hopefully for a big night up there in Cairns. Yeah. Oh, look, I think there was only, um, I think they're lucky to get a thousand people at Bolo Park um, for the game against Armadale. I think that will be, you know, that'll be triple, triple that. You know, I think it'll be good. It'll be good for, for you know, football North Queensland. I think. Yeah. Look, I think they. I'm not. I don't know if Cairns can beat the defending cup holders, but you know what? They'll give it a good shake and look. You know, it'll be a good night. Absolutely. Uh, we will be at the Lions-Adelaide United game, I hope. So that's hopefully. Gonna, hopefully. And that's going to be pretty much it for our FA Cup thing. We are going to close out with just a little bit of local yes. news. Speaking of the um, Redlands-Adelaide game a couple of weeks ago, we've got to talk How about that. Have fallen, mm. It was two years ago last week that they played, Redland, played Adelaide at Perry Park and they knocked off the A-League champions. And since then, they've really gone downhill. And it looks like now they're going to be relegated. And I've got to say, they've done this to themselves in terms of the results this year. Just I'll, just three quick points. One, a game Adam and I were both at early in the season against the Raw Youth. They equalised in the 91st minute. They threw everybody forward in a long throw-in and considered a goal in the 94th minute to lose. So that's points dropped there. Brisbane City game last month, they were 5-4 in front with 15 seconds to go. They fought, fought back from three, they fought back from 2-0 down to get 5-4 in front and conceded with 15 seconds to go. That's not more points dropped. And then last night, on, on Saturday night, when they went up to Townsville and essentially what, what what was and probably will end up being a relegation playoff, 
They were 2-1 down at halftime, just got themselves back into that game. Bit of momentum, 46th minute, concede, another goal. So, Fair enough. Look, they are a very young side, particularly at the back in fairness, but maybe the balance isn't quite right. Certainly. Adam, uh, can you just touch on what's going on with the top four race at the moment? Look, um, it's, look it's pretty much settled. I think um, there's, some, there's some key games coming up. I think Lions, especially if they win the game, I know we're recording at the moment, and they're playing... They're playing Brisbane Raw Youth over at Logan, as as we record. Um, look, they, they could go... Lions win, they could go a long step to them sealing, sealing the Premiership. But big <coughs> game this weekend between Olympic and Strikers because after Morton Bay almost inexplicably yeah. lost to Southwest Queensland Thunder yeah. on Saturday night, Strikers are yeah. back in play as far as the um, top four. So just again at the other end of the table, there's not a big clash on Saturday night with Redlands hosting Mackay. That's a... There's, a, there's still every chance Redland can get themselves out of danger. I think it's a game, game well. we're, we're going to go out and cover, I think. I believe so. That, but there's every chance they can dig themselves out of trouble with a result there as well. So, Well, you guys enjoy that game this weekend. I've got a wedding anniversary. so Congratulations I on making yes. it to 12 months. Yeah, everyone's surprised. Well, almost, not quite yet. <laughs> still a few days to go. Everyone thought I would have been fed prawns by now. <laughs> I do have a bad seafood allergy, in case anyone was wondering about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, any other things we want to touch no, on quickly, MPL, yeah, MPLW, MPLW. Uh, very quickly, um, a big game on Friday night at Walter Park between Morton Bay and the Brisbane Royal Youth, oh, Brisbane NTC, I beg your pardon, uh, the NTC side is I think four points up behind Morton Bay at the moment, it's six, six points Six points behind, there's all to play for there, it could but very they well, they do have games in hand according to the yep. photo you put in the run sheet, they, uh, they must do, but Just, they must, they, that game will very much decide whether the Royal NTC has a shot at it or not, Morton Bay are in tremendous form though, so it's a, very tough game. It's, it's, it is a massive game, uh, Morton Bay v uh, Raw NTC, but just just talking about the, the, this young side as well, 10 wins on the trot, I don't think they fear anyone, and the way they dispatched Lions on Friday night, who are a very, very good team in this competition, the way they beat them, I, it's something behold, look, I think, you know, looking for the future... Um, look, if this is, if Mel Andrea is going to be looking at this group of players beyond, you know, in a few years' time, I think the Royal W League team is going to have a very, very bright future for the next few years at least. And that's what we want to hear, because we have to remember they are the defending premiers. They are. The Royal W League side. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's about it, guys. I think we've got nothing else we can talk about, is there? Oh, there's plenty we can talk about, but I'm tired, hungry, and want to get this episode edited all together. <laughs> so, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the FA Cup round of 32 review special yes. here. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks ahead of the NPL final series for sure, and uh, really dig down onto that. Otherwise, get out and enjoy the football in the next couple of weekends. We'll talk to you a little bit later.